Hey guys, I'm so excited to share today's chat with you. Today I'm speaking with Nikki Hill of Nikki Hill Apothecary. Nikki is a naturopath specialising in female hormonal health. So she is all about working with women to balance their lifestyle, to manage their stress levels, to just improve their overall health in order to balance their hormones, whether they're experiencing fertility issues, uh, period problems, irregular cycles, whatever it might be, she works with uh, women on a range of issues. So she shares so many knowledge bombs today. We chat in this part one all about periods and the you know the menstrual cycle and how it can really affect everything. We talk about the female hormone balance and how things can go out of whack. And Nikki also shares her story of how she got into this through her experiences of PCOS. So this is part one. Make sure you head over and listen to part two after this as well. As in part two, we cover loads of really practical steps that will help any woman balance her hormones and just feel better day to day. So maybe you want to listen to this one on the way to work and you want to listen to the next one on your commute home. I'll stop blabbering on now and let Nikki head into her story because she is amazing. So enjoy! Welcome to the Put Yourself First podcast. Inspiring conversations with badass women, empowering you to make time for your personal goals and put yourself first. Hi everyone, welcome back to Put Yourself First. Today I'm with Nikki. Hi. Hello. <laughs> and we're at Nikki's house today and where she sees a client. So your what what would you describe your job role and your business as? Well, I'm a naturopathic a consultant. Nat- yeah. yeah, a naturopath. Sounds very fancy. It does. Well, it's sort of <laughs> it's an umbrella sort of term for a nutritionist and a herbalist. Yeah. Um, and there's not, I guess there's not many naturopaths in the UK, so a lot of people haven't heard of a naturopath, so to speak. You're either sort of a nutritionist or a herbalist, but a naturopath is, um, it's a four-year degree, and you're studying, yeah, you study both for yeah. two years each. Um, Amazing. And yeah, so. So what, like, what do you do, and what does your business focus on? Uh, well, my business uh, focuses on women's health, um, in particular hormonal health. So I see a lot of women with hormone issues that can stem from period problems to uh, fertility issues all the way up to menopausal symptoms. Herbs are amazing for helping um, any kind of hormone hormonal symptom um, and also lifestyle is a massive thing that also helps with hormones mm-hmm. um, and getting them back into balance and so a lot of my consultations are one-to-one where I talk through with clients, get a big understanding of what's going on with themselves. And I don't just look at hormones, you know, you're looking at their digestive system, their stress levels, um, their immune system, everything kind of, because they all play together. And yeah, and then after the consultation kind of put together some tips on where I see fit and whether that's to go and get more testing done through the GP or whether I've got access to a lot of laboratory tests where if I feel like we need to sort of get to understand actually what is going on, um, tests can be really powerful. Uh, otherwise, herbs 
herbs and dietary changes and lifestyle changes can also be just as powerful and you know get people back into balance really quickly so fantastic so yeah i'm gonna be picking your brain today about different things that are going on with me (laughs) (laughs) and common like complaints i'm sure you hear a lot of clients coming to you with yeah um but going back then how how did you get into doing this because i feel like like you say in, in the uk it's still um quite a niche thing would you say yeah i think in america they're very on board especially sort of like west yes. coast they're very yes. on board with holistic health and yeah different like alternative medicines and that kind of thing but i feel like in the uk you're not an anomaly but yeah well to tell you the truth when i started studying naturopathy um it was like that as well so that was almost 20 years ago now so it was in 1999 um i i was actually studying art science at melbourne university so it's kind of the degree you do when you have no idea what you want to do when you graduate so i was doing chinese and japanese in my arts degree and chemistry and biology in my science and I was I was enjoying it but I didn't really love it anyway my sister came home she's two years younger than me when she finished school she came home with the naturopathy um, course guide so she wanted to be a naturopath and at that time I was like I'd never heard of what a naturopath was um, but we were both very into um, nutrition and health um, from probably, I don't know, the age of 14, my sister and I sort of got into that anyway. Um, But my sister was living in China at the time with my parents and had seen a naturopath over Mm. there, an American naturopath, and just loved it and came back um, and looked into courses back in Melbourne in Australia and stumbled across a course um, at the College of Natural Medicine. And anyway, brought home the course guide and I remember looking at it and thinking, oh my goodness, this is what I want to do. (laughs) And I remember seeing, you know, anatomy and physiology and herbal medicine and nutrition and just thinking, oh, I want to study this as well. And we went up to my dad and said, dad, we want to study natural medicine. And my dad's first reaction was like, I will not have my daughters studying this monkey business and, you know, just cut it right down. This was like, no way. And anyway, my sister and I went to, they had an open day. And there was a lecturer there talking about what it was all about, natural medicine and, and, you know, and all of this kind of stuff. And we just sat there in awe of her. We just couldn't get enough of it. And we left just thinking, this is, this is what we both want to do. And we went home, I spoke to my dad, and I remember him saying, look, you can defer your, you know, university degree for a year trial it out and if you love it then you can continue if not then you know then you've got something to fall back on basically and uh so which was really good of him you know um because it was all upfront fees which he was paying for so i was very fortunate at the time that he was paying for all of that and uh so my sister and i both enrolled and we just never looked back and i think what i was having um I was on the pill at that time and I had my own period issues and so when I was about 16 I think I got my first period when I was about 15 so I was quite late anyway and um, we then moved to Hong Kong and I never got my period again and but that sort of didn't bother me I wasn't really fussed about it because you know don't have your period it's not it wasn't something I was thinking about anyway and it wasn't until I started suffering really bad 
acne all over my face, my neck and my chest. And I remember a beauty therapist who was giving me a facial said, you should go on the pill, you know, go to the doctor and get on the pill. And uh, so anyway, I made an appointment with the doctor. This was in Hong Kong. And I remember him taking blood, my bloods, and then gave, gave me Diane 35, so Dianet, which is... I think actually in America and some places in Europe it's banned now because it's such a strong pill. It's okay. caused quite a few deaths, blood clots in women. Right. Um, so I took, I took and the is that pill. A combined pill. Yes. I'm nerdy about yes. It's a combined yeah. pill. Yep. So it's estrogen and progesterone. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I took it, and you know, 30 days later, or 28 days later, I got a period for the first time. You know, and I thought wow oh my god my period's back i'm normal this is i'm, I'm gonna be okay um within about i'd say six months my skin also cleared and i started getting boobs and which was great because i was really flat chested um and so i was like this is great the pill's yeah. great and then maybe about a year later um i definitely I, I noticed i was getting mood changes um and i was bloated all the time and i started gaining weight um it was a combination of lifestyle but also i think the pill definitely contributed to it but i was really nervous about coming off the pill because i thought oh god what if my periods don't come back and also what if my acne returns and that was sort of enough for me wanting to stay on the pill um and i did i stayed on it for couple more years and then when I started studying natural medicine I was in a lecture one day and they were talking about polycystic ovarian syndrome and I and a lot of some of the symptoms of that is you get irregular cycles mm -hmm. and ovulation so you're not getting and sometimes not getting periods acne is another one and also an android body shape is sort of where you keep weight in the upper part of your body um so sort of an apple sort of say they say an apple shape whereas a lot of women are more pear shaped so they keep weight in their hips and their um and their legs whereas i was definitely android so i if i gained weight it all went in my upper body um and so i sort of thought my god i think i think this is what i've got and um, I remember going to the GP and asking for these tests to see whether or not I did have polycystic ovarian syndrome. And anyway, tests came back and it confirmed that I did. And um, so I had the highest sort of testosterone uh, levels than normal, which hence why the uh, acne that I was suffering. And also um, an android person also, can you put on muscle very quickly as well? And I was quite muscular. Um, as a child as well growing up so that sort of testosterone you know I could kind of see why and uh, anyway I there's lots of things you can do especially with your diet to help with um, polycystic ovarian syndrome and so with the sort of advice that the lecturers were giving on that and how to sort of treat people with PCOS I, I can't remember if I was on the pill or had come off the pill at that stage, but I basically decided to come off the pill and treat myself naturally and I took herbs and I changed my diet. Um, and my periods came back and I got them back and got them regular again. My acne didn't come back. Um, I, I basically was symptom free within about nine months of treatment and sort of changes. And, um, and it was that that made me think, oh my God, this is powerful. And what also made me think, this is amazing, is the fact that um, I learned so much about my, my body and what I'm finding now. So I was probably about 22 when I did all of that, changed my diet, came off the pill and sort of sorted my periods out then. 
And what I'm finding now is I'm seeing women um, in their sort of mid-30s and they've just maybe recently got married and decided now is the time to have um, a baby and they're coming off the pill. And now they were maybe similar to me, went on the pill for period issues when they were like 18, 19 and just stayed on the pill because they were none the wiser, you know, maybe didn't get any symptoms. And I probably would have been the same had I not studied natural medicine. And then they're coming off the pill at age sort of 35, but they're finding that a lot of the time the pill just masks what's going on underneath. And they come off the pill and then they find that they've got all the symptoms they had when they were back when they were 19. And when you're wanting a baby, you, you want it, you want it, you know, you want to conceive within the first three months. As soon as you sort of start, it's not happening, you start to then get more stressed about it. And a lot of the times, especially with PCOS, it can take up to a year to get your periods back and regular and making sure that you're ovulating and all of those kind of things. And it's a lot harder, in a sense, you know, 15 years on, had you addressed it when you were a lot younger. But the problem is, is we're not taught these things when we're 19 we go to the GP and they sort of just give you the pill and um, I'm not against the pill it's I'm against the pill when it's given for to solve a period problem because the pill won't ever solve a period problem it may help with the symptoms at the time but you're never going to resolve it and and you never and you're not actually taught anything about your body um, and I didn't realize at the time that the period I was getting on the pill is just a false period yeah. it's just yeah withdrawably from the pill and I don't know if I don't know if girls know that so I really don't think most women know that yeah <laughs> and that's the I think that's the really sad thing because I remember when I got my first period when I, was, I thought I was you know I was fixed in a yeah. way and um and the other thing I talk with clients about this is going to be really um, a great podcast, is uh, cervical mucus. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is yeah. also really important. Fertility science. And yeah, yeah, so I didn't actually study this at school. I mean, at uh, natural medicine, I did this course um, after I graduated because I, I knew I always wanted to go down the fertility route. And um, I did this course. It was called the Billings Method. And, uh, and it's all about charting your cervical mucus. Now, at this stage, I remember um, at college, we, to, to chart your, when you ovulate, you use your, your basal temperature. So your, your, when you wake up in the morning, you take your temperature and you, you slightly, when you ovulate, it goes up. And then you can sort of chart when you, know, you ovulate. And I remember thinking, uh, because of my PCOS I wanted to make sure that I was ovulating at the right time and I bought a thermometer and I never opened it because I just I was you know my boyfriend at the time I was either at his house or you're not really meant to drink beforehand like any alcohol or anything like that and it was just it was quite hard and also as soon as you wake up you can't move like yeah got, yeah and so anyway when I did this course I thought right I'm going to do it. I'm going to, you know, have uh, get the thermometer and do it every day and start charting. And I remember the first thing she said when we walked in was that you didn't have to, you don't have to use a thermometer. This is all based on cervical mucus. And first I thought, oh my God, fantastic, because I just knew myself that I wasn't going to do the charting anyway and, and how hard it was. So we started talking about cervical mucus. And so this was back in... Um, I think it was 2006 and again I still at this point had no idea about cervical mucus and that it's actually 
It's the cer- this, so what you see in your pants <laughs> on the tissue when you or go on the for tissue when you go for weight um, is actually like so during our cycle we have a plug at our vagina sort of at the end of our cervix there's a plug and when we go towards ovulation this plug starts to dissolve and it trickles down and this is what we feel this is the cervical mucus and this is what sperm travels in to meet the egg Um, without the sperm there or if it's a plug if we don't feel anything the sperm basically die off in the vagina so we're infertile in those types of in that in that cycle anyway you know this was all new to me and I was like oh my god like how do we not know this you know how are we not taught these basic signs? And I found that experience so liberating. And it's really helpful from a naturopathic point of view because if you know when you ovulate, um, you can see whether or not you've got a healthy amount of, um, if, you, if you're balanced. So if you're ovulating mid-cycle and you've got at least, uh, at least 11 days before your period, you know that you've got enough progesterone in the second half of your cycle if you wanted to fall pregnant to fall pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and But if you're coming short of that, then it's showing that there may not be enough progesterone. That could be a problem with fertility. And yeah. you know, and this starts the window that the egg, egg needs to sit fertilized inside. Yes, embed into yeah. your yeah. You're because aligning. if that window is too short, then it's not embedded by yes. the time you've had your period. Yeah. yeah. So it's so there's so many things you can gauge if you understand your cycle, and also if you want to avoid pregnancy, you also know how to do that as well. So you can use this technique for conception or contraception, and 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 it's a powerful technique. You know, it's up to it's the same. Um, uh, what's the word like safety not safety yeah, as the pill like as in um i can't think of the word because <laughs> it yeah yeah um as the pill so um if used properly um, yeah i think uh, that's a big well yes. i think i think that's the th- i think people are very nervous about it you yeah. know but actually Does, have you seen the whole controversy with the natural cycles up this year oh right yeah well, yeah well the thing with the natural cycles up, Nothing. I don't know whether I would trust an app. Like no, I, I've totally tried, like done all that. But I think when it's an app and it's a algorithm, it's not specific to you, is it? Exactly, and also yeah. stress can play an effect. So you can kind of feel the cervical mucus thinking ovulation is about to come but if you're under like if you have a stressful event or you travel it can delay ovulation yeah. and then and you'll only know that because you'll start to feel the cervical mucus again before the attempt of ovulation happening yeah. and so yes I think the thing is we shouldn't need an app like you know once you know your your body you'll you'll know when um when when you are ovulating and the signs to look out for and i think it's just when you don't know um that's when it's a bit scary and the and it's not like the rhythm method where you're just counting the days either this is actually going through what you're feeling and it's not so much what you see but it's actually what you feel when you're walking around um but i teach this to my clients so it's about i mean it takes about an hour to kind of go through it all but a lot of women understand it and you can sort of know it within about safely be applying it within three three cycles easily and then if you if there's ever a moment where you're a little bit unsure you know you then just use a barrier method in that time and um again i think that's the big thing is we sometimes go on the pill when we when we think i don't want to have a child i don't want to have it we're so scared about having a pregnancy that we sort of um 
you know we will take these forms of contraception um but there there's just alternatives out there and i think a lot of people a lot of women aren't aware of that so again it just sort of goes back to this self-awareness and and if you are getting period problems to sort them out as soon as you can and yeah if you're on the pill sort of question why you're on it and um and you know and then and if you are if you're on it because you've got symptoms um maybe that's when maybe it's coming seeing a naturopath or um someone could really help with that so um i think it's when you're just sort of taking things without knowing why and another big thing is the pill you know your period can tell you so much about your overall health yeah if you're on the pill it masks all that so you can kind of be um doing things that aren't good for you in a way but thinking you're getting away with it but you're not because if you had your period you might realize that oh that's gone a bit haywire or yeah it's I agree. yeah i think yeah i mean it's all about choice i've interviewed a gynecologist on the podcast like a few mm-hmm. months ago yeah and she was very she's obviously a medical doctor and she was arguing for the pill and but we also sort of said in that podcast, like for some people, hormones just aren't an option. So I think it's just, it's just choice. It's just personal choice. But being aware of the choices available is really important. 100%. And I would also add to that, I feel like women, if they can, at some point in their lives, at least, should experience the natural cycle because it's just eye-opening mm-hmm. into how your body works as a woman. And like you say, and I'm gonna, hopefully, we're gonna get into this more. Your hormonal health affects everything, mm-hmm. and your hormonal health will not let you get away with things. Yes. <laughs> If you're doing something wrong, like if you're not looking after yourself in a yeah. certain area, it's yeah. going to show up. A hundred percent. So yes. yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yes. I'm, yeah. I'm all about awareness and especially self-awareness in your body. I think it's so important. It is, and it's so it is. It's really liberating. I think that's the big thing that it is. It's sort of you're in control then, and there's no better you know feeling and power to know what's going on in your yeah. body. And, and and also feeling like you've got some sense of control as well and that you can help your your body because a lot of hormonal issues are not life-threatening in a sense hence why if you go to the doctor and you're saying I've got you know low energy or um, I've got um, period pain or IBS or any of those sort of symptoms it's not because it's not really life-threatening it's not then it's sort of not that they don't care but it's a bit like um well here's his appeal and just sort of get on with it it sort of masks yeah. it it doesn't treat the problem um whereas from a naturopathic point of view yeah these symptoms are real and they're annoying and actually there is things we can do and the body the body's always constantly telling us things so if we are feeling pain or if we're feeling um you know bloated or low energy you know we don't have that's our voice our body's giving us these symptoms to say hey you know maybe that's not good you know maybe don't eat that food because you i'm I'm getting pain from it or um slow down because or look address your stress levels because you're not sleeping well tonight and all of those kind of things but we tend to ignore those symptoms in a way and then until something big happens and then that's sort of when we we sort of then want to address it and then almost 
it's not too late then at all but harder. but it's so much harder whereas if you just are a bit more self-aware what the, and that's from a naturopathic point of view as well we are educators so I find my role is an educator to help my clients sort of almost get in tune with their own body to know when it's time to slow down and to yeah. um, and what things they can do to help with their stress levels and things like that because um because uh, this is what we've got the power to be able to do this kind of stuff and that's I would rather see clients then when they're sort of well with no, nothing serious yeah. um but generally I'm seeing people when they've gone through the doctors <laughs> they've gone through they've had the problem for you know 20 30 years and then they might come and see an alternative practitioner because nothing else has been happening and that's great but also it's also you know had they seen us first they may not have ever got to that point and I think that's when I love seeing clients the most actually is when they um you know nothing severe but they kind of want to understand their bodies and what they can do for to help you know themselves and things like that that's I think where especially now I feel like is where I'm going in my practice is um and especially why I've honed in on hormones, partly because of my own struggles with hormones, um, but also just nowadays, um, women are just so stressed, you know? It's like, and that yeah. is the biggest killer, I'd say, when it comes to hormones is, is stress. And it's, it's not just like big stresses like renovating a house or moving house or going through a divorce or things like that where we, we know are big stresses. But it's just the day-to-day -day stresses as well, and yeah. they're just our bodies react in the same way. So we don't know whether it's a life-threatening threat or a you know we're just an unanswered email or yeah. something like that. Our bodies will react in that same way, and every time you in you know that sympathetic nervous system, which we tend to be in a lot of the times, um, is that fight or flight mode. And that compromises your digestive system and your reproduction yeah, system. Because it ra raises your cortisol, doesn't it? It raises your like cortisol. I'll notice yep. if I have a stressful day, I'm bloated in the evening. Yeah. Because my body hasn't yep. been able to digest my food properly. It's wild. But when you're, <laughs> no, I know. Well, when you're in that sympathetic... Whereas I could eat the exact same food and be absolutely fine. Yep. I've not had a stressful day or something yep. bad hasn't, hasn't happened. That's how... That's how powerful stress is on the system and you will those those signs are so um will happen is yet yeah, the bloating when you sort of say that actually on a stress you know when you're not stressed you can eat those foods and you won't get bloated but then when you are stressed and it's because blood flow is going away from your digestive organs to your muscles and your heart and your head to sort of get away from this danger that our bodies are sort of feeling like we're under um and digestion and reproduction are kind of shut down because in those moments they're not needed you know because if you're thinking I need to escape from this danger you're not thinking about sitting down and eating in that time you know and that's what the body's trying to having to cope with it's sort of feeling these threats and that we're running away from something but actually we're not really you know there's nothing really out to get us you know nowadays is there we're not going to we don't feel like something's going to come and kill us every day yeah um, but that's what our bodies are almost primed at because we are all of these sort of perceived sort of um, stresses in our day to day and so it's learning to sort of switch off and, um, and and sort of tell your body that you're under no threat is really the key for 
when we start to thrive and not just merely survive which is what most of us are doing are just you know yeah. surviving day to day yeah i was gonna i was gonna ask on the topic of your clients coming to you and they're just sort of oh i'm okay but i've got this thing that's niggling it's mm-hmm. just a little bit annoying do you think that is a society is a societal thing because i feel like it's normal to have low energy feel stressed maybe get a few headaches a week like it's almost normal to feel quite sluggish and a bit crap yeah and it's just i I don't know whether that affects like health professionals on a higher level and it sort of trickles down that people are just like well just get on with it like Mm. everyone else is feeling that way as well yeah oh 100 (laughs) percent. totally normal just you know suck it up and carry on have a bit of coffee and go yes (laughs) well we've normalized these things and we can't you know and again if you go to the gp with it they'll probably they're not really taking you seriously and so yeah just get on the club yeah join the club exactly (laughs) and so that doesn't help matters at all and and that's the problem like periods okay we shouldn't get pain we shouldn't have pms we shouldn't get bloated we shouldn't have any real symptoms you know and um and and we should be enjoying our periods you know and um and but we don't you know we're we're almost we don't talk about them i mean you don't sit down with your girlfriend do you and talk about your periods and you know well i do but i'm weird Um, I think it's met with a eye roll usually. Like, oh, she's talking about vaginas again. <laughs> yeah, that's what I usually She's lecturing us on hormonal health again. <laughs> I know, it's like me and the, um, have you got a menstrual cup? This is yes. It. Yes, okay, so some I friends. I everyone about them. Oh, they're the best things ever. <laughs> they are, but there's some friends that are just not ready for that yet. And yeah. I laugh because I think... I think they are one they're so um it's like well one you once you get one it's pretty much you've got it for life um well depending on you probably might need another one <laughs> when you've had a baby um but uh they are they're life-changing and i think i think what i always tell clients i think think back when you first put a tampon in and that was weird you know it was weird like, and you think you i don't know how to do this the moon cup or a menstrual cup is exactly the same um the first day you're thinking how do i get this in and how do i get this out um but then once you sort of start doing it um you realize that it is just so easy and i mean now if i think about pads you know or tampons i think oh god no no. No. the menstrual cup you can leave in also what i love about it you can leave it in for up to 12 hours so on your last few days of your period if it's not too heavy you know i just have it in the morning set it in the morning and then wash it out at night put it back in and then sleep in it and it's like yeah, or if you're out all day at meetings, like put it in just before you leave, yep. and then you don't have to worry about. I hate changing tampons, pads, like anything in a public toilet. It just yeah. doesn't feel nice. Anyway, we're going off on so many good tangents, <laughs> but I need to bring it back. <laughs> but yeah, the, the menstrual cup though, it does. Yep. I feel like it is a good tie-in if you are tracking your cycle as well. Yes. Because I think yeah. it helps you get to know your period just as much yes. because super, super heavy periods aren't good. Yep. So if you're having to change a cup several times a day and it's always full, like that's also an indication. An indication. And yep. I think you really learn that with the moon cup because you don't actually, you don't physically see 
blood can you just see it soaked in the tampon or in the pad yes. you don't know how much is in it yep or like the consist like we don't have to get into this today but the like consistency of it and all that kind of stuff yes. can really affect it as well. oh i know again yeah. it is it's sort of you well the tampon absorbs everything so again if you if you suffer thrush or get it dry you know yeah. or itchy as well um then and also a lot of tampons if you're not buying 100 organic cotton um, are full of dyes and chemicals and things like that as well so it's not healthy for our internal environment and the moon cup is great from a practitioner point of view as well because as you said if, if someone's coming saying i'm filling my moon cup every hour or two i know that that's a heavy period yeah um and and that needs to be addressed and so uh so again it's just going back to and yeah about to getting to know your cycle and and what is healthy and what is normal because what one person might think is normal as you said when you go back to normalizing everything you're you might be suffering a heavy period but thinking well this might be normal and everyone else has got this as well or you know so again it's um it's about you know a practitioner again will be able to let you know whether or not that is that is heavy and needs to be looked at or whether it, you know it is normal um, yeah but yeah, no, I'm a big, a big fan of the menstrual cup. Yeah, go and get one. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask, could we just go into a little bit before we get into more practical steps and mm-hmm. things that people are doing wrong and things that they can do right? Um, I want to just talk a little bit about hormonal health and how it affects everything in your body because I feel like there is a huge disconnect in our knowledge between hormones and just general health. Mm-hmm. I don't think people, especially women, realize how much it impacts everything. And we almost look at hormones as, well, we're either on contraception or we're not, and we're trying for a baby, and we're fertile or we're not. And it's almost like that's that's all that hormones are, but obviously hormones are well they're chemical messages and they can influence every cell in your body so and they send messages to yes everything and can if your hormones are out of whack you could be struggling with something that you might not think is related but it 100% is yeah yeah well if they're if hormones are out of balance you can feel them either physically or emotionally so you can suffer mood swings um you can suffer sugar cravings tiredness um period issues uh you get bloated depression yeah low moods all of these things can be tied in with your hormones even where fat is stored in your body um your libido all of these things are related back to your hormones and and if they're yeah out of balance you will feel them and they can be daily things that you can feel or whether it is just before your period um but uh and the main two hormones is obviously estrogen and progesterone when it comes to females and we tend to nowadays have too much estrogen into relation in relation to progesterone and this is where it's causing a lot of hormonal issues um and the reason why we're getting excess estrogen in our system is because, well, estrogen, um, we metabolize estrogen. We either, it absorbs um, 
fiber absorbs estrogen and it takes us through our bowel motion um, so through our stools we can eliminate estrogen that yeah. way also our liver um, processes um, breaks down estrogen um, so they're two things to help get estrogen out of our system but if you're not going to the toilet every day um, mm. or have been taking antibiotics or are on the pill this can kind of disrupt your good bacteria in your bowel and so again estrogen might be conspirized then and you might be reabsorbing it back into the system because it's not coming out that way again liver if you're not looking after your liver very well you know drinking lots of alcohol or dis um unbalanced blood sugar levels can affect liver function um again estrogen may not be broken down so again this gets reabsorbed back into the bloodstream and so estrogen levels start to increase also fatty tissue is another pool of estrogen so um, we can actually uh, create more estrogen the fatter we are as well so it's another pool um, also from environment we can get estrogen through our environment so whether that is called xenoestrogen so that's whether or not we're putting things on our skin that contain hormone disruptors or mimic estrogen in the body um, plastics so drinking from plastic water bottles or heating things in plastics um, the polymers in the plastics then go into our food and then we could be increasing estrogen that way animal produce so if you're not eating quality meat and dairy that's another big pool of estrogen um, and so these all all of these sort of things start to increase estrogen in our system and then progesterone if you're stressed um, cortisol takes up the same receptor sites as progesterone and will favor cortisol always in times of stress um, and it will shut down progesterone production so if you're and that's reasons why progesterone can start to get low so it's kind of like a dhamma whammy if you're stressed out and you know you're not going to the toilet every day um, you're not eating well you're drinking alcohol you know you're not sleeping well all these kind of things you Sounds can like most people yeah well, <laughs> this is why it's so um, why yeah. it's so common because so over time your estrogen starts to increase and your progesterone starts to lower and then you start to get all these hormonal imbalances going on um, and that's the why because it's so easy to have that happen if you're not um, and, and but then it's so easy for that to happen but then there's so many things you can start to implement to kind of get the balance back together yeah. again and that is so progesterone look at your stress levels anything you can do to help relaxation will help increase your progesterone levels um, and anything you know cleaning up your diet looking at putting more natural things on your skin um, all of these kind of things eating organic food this will off burden the um, the zinc, you know the estrogens coming in from your on the outside and help with metabolizing your estrogens as well yes. so these and this is again things that I teach my clients to do you know little things that they can do and changes they can make every day to kind of help bring this balance back you know back into balance basically yeah. but that's why we have so many hormonal issues going on is because um, because of those two things going on there um, and it's and you know and that's the reason why there's so many so many people are feeling the effects of um, unbalanced hormones um, but again as you sort of said it's sort of because a lot of people feel tired a lot of people get low moods or don't sleep well and things like that they don't they don't really they may blame their hormones but they don't really um, I think understand that um, these are early signs that actually 
you need to make some changes into your into your day to day that will sort of because if you don't if you don't sort of um, if if this if your hormones are unbalanced for a long period of time, this is when things like fibroids and um, fertility issues and endometriosis and PCOS, all of these other things can start to happen. Um, is is when uh, you're not looking after after your hormones. You know, yeah. a lot deep seated kind of hormonal conditions can can then start to happen. Um, but yeah, yeah. So it's it is scary in a way knowing that knowing how powerful it is but mm. that's also empowering yes because like you say knowing how powerful it is it can feel overwhelming if you're struggling with it but equally there's so many lifestyle things that yeah can help yeah. thank you so much for listening to put yourself first if you enjoyed it or you have any feedback i would love you to leave me a rating and review wherever you're listening to this and if you'd like to reach out to me on social media to let me know you enjoyed it or just have a chat and say hi, I'm at cat underscore horrocks on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're feeling extra kind, share this on to a friend who you know needs to hear this one too.